great to stand before you this morning and recognize that this is Palm Sunday. It's a great Sunday, Sunday before Easter. And as I was thinking about what we would say today as we, uh, I stay out of next Sunday's message, uh, the Easter message, but I was thinking about today and what today represents, and it represents Palm Sunday. It represents the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, uh, and it's been years ago, but yet we still have the reflection upon that day because the great things that happened. Never before was Christ so spectacular as he was on Palm Sunday, the day that he rode in to Jerusalem on purpose. And the reason for his purpose was this, he was to die. He came on purpose to Jerusalem. The palm branches began to wave and the joyful, triumphant Jesus had entered the city. But he was determined that he was going to fulfill that day on purpose because God had a plan. That day, the city was stirred at his presence. And, and people that knew him and followed him was stirred. He was here. No longer would they have to hear about him. They could actually see him. And if they had a strong desire, they, they could even reach out and touch him. It was such a great day that he arrived that many people said, Who is this? I wonder how it would be if you and I was so clothed with Jesus that we didn't say anything, but people would say when we left, Who was that? Who was that? Well, that's what Jesus did, and we're going to pick on, up on a scripture this morning, and we're going to, I've just purposed this morning uh, that we're going to keep the sermon a little short, and I'm going to call everybody to the front before we leave this morning, and we're just going to pray. We're going to pray for the needs of our, our country this morning. We're going to pray for our president. We're going to pray, the, like the Bible says, for those in authority, and we're going to pray for our church family, and we're just going to pray that God will ignite the air in this auditorium next Sunday morning, that people will say, who was that? And we can say it was the Holy Spirit. He's the one who guides us into all truth. And I want you to know he, you're important to the kingdom today, and he wants to use you mightily. You have two hands, you have two feet, you can talk, you have two ears, we have one tongue, thank goodness. But God has given us the ability to communicate. And if you haven't said praise the Lord or I thank you for your, the life that I have to live, it's a good time to begin to express your love and appreciation for the price that Christ has made, made available to us. And I mean, again, I'm going to stay away from next Sunday's message. But, you know, as we think about the cross where Jesus died, so many times we look at the cross, we, we see the, Jesus hanging on the cross, we see the horrible things that has been uh, done to his body by other humans. But I was thinking this week about the carpenter that built the cross. I wonder what his thought process was the day that they actually nailed Jesus to that tree. And he had taken great pains, no doubt, to put that tree together so it would be firm, so it would stand the weight that we would be placed on that cross. Every time I walk into my office, I look at my, my bookshelves in that, in that office, and, and I am really thankful for them. And as I was pricing those years ago, knowing the need for my library to be there, I priced them, I found out the cost, and then I, I went home, and the Holy Spirit just begin to well up in me, ask your son to build those. And I, I told him what I wanted to do, and, uh, and he did it. 
He didn't, hadn't always done everything I asked him to do, but he did at that, that time. And as I walk in there, they still represent the workmanship. And there's times I just look at the, not the books, but on the shelf, but the, the case. And I say, Lord, I, I'm just so grateful for the workmanship that was put into that. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a response to God's ability that he gives us all of us. Maybe you're not a carpenter this morning, but God gives you the ability to do things that I can't do. He gives you the ability to speak like I can't speak. And above all, he gives us all the ability to love one another. And Jesus says, by this, they'll know who you are if you just love one another. I'm thinking about the cross. And then I thought there was somebody that had to make those spikes that, that nailed Jesus to the tree. I wonder what the thought process was in the person that day as they saw the, 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 the soldiers take those spikes that had been sharpened just for the occasion that would nail Jesus to the tree. And as my thought process began to reflect upon the goodness of God, every, there were many people that had a part in this crucifixion that we, the Bible doesn't speak of. But I can tell you something. Let's just move a little forward. Because Jesus lives, you can live also. And in my Father's house, according to John chapter 14, is, are many mansions. And one day you'll walk into that mansion, and you'll see something that I have not seen nor ever heard. Neither had it been recorded in the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for him. I read something very interesting this week, and I want to see if I can quote it. People never get old because of age. People get old because they quit dreaming. I just want to give a moment. The church bought 188 acres several years ago, and God just gifted the church. We never had to ask anybody, can you help us out? He just gifted the church, and on that 188 acres, I, I saw things happening and things do, going on. And through the process of time, I've never seen anything happen except cattle grazing, but I've never lost the dream. I dreamed of a lake out in, the, in, in between about 14 pipelines. How many pipelines is there? At least six or seven. Yes, we have witnessed two or three, and we've been blessed by the damages that were paid. But out in that I just vision uh, nice duplexes and people that can retire and come and enjoy living in a country that's not afraid of the country but realizes that even God's family can have fun in the country. I saw things that God only God could put together. But you know what? I've never turned loose of the vision. And, you know, I, I believe everything works together for good to those that love the Lord. And delay is never denial. And so I, 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 I've got to put an end to that sermon that won't cost you anything that's not even in my notes this morning but I want to pick up on the sermon today and I want you to allow your mind to think about what we're preparing for next Sunday morning as today we're preparing to look upon the, the price that Jesus paid for our sins Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 11 records some issues like this some great a great passage of scripture and I want you to just allow your mind to unplug from what's going to happen after the service. And I just want you to ask yourself as I share this scripture, Lord, what are you saying to me? And I pray every time that I stand before you and I preach and I minister, or I, I do everything I can to allow these lips of clay to speak things that will encourage you to serve the Lord, to follow Jesus, and to allow his love cover multitudes of sins. And as far as the east is from the west, you can always remember the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary has covered your sins if you've invited Jesus into your life.
And guess what? He threw the book of remembrance away, and he never reminds us of our sins again. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall sometimes? Never. God never remembers our past. His future for your life is so exciting. He wants you just to get a glimpse of the things that he has prepared for you. And and we sang the song years ago, When We All Get to Heaven. And there was nothing wrong with that song. I've seen the glory and the presence of God fall in the congregation. I've watched people shout and dance about as they begin to allow their focus and their praise be on the song, When We All Get to Heaven, and the message that that song does carry. It's my firm belief, and it's my firm belief to the church today is that God wants each one of you to have some heaven to go to heaven on. He wants you to practice now what you'll be found doing a thousand years from now. You'll, we'll sing, we'll shout, we'll dance, we'll, we'll, we'll praise God. You know, and I, and I was listening to a prophetic preacher this past Sunday, and he said, the city of God is 45 miles wide, and it's 45 miles long. Think about that. And in just a thought process, I love airplanes. I love to, I love to travel fast. And when I'm not in an airplane, I try to make an airplane out of a Ford pickup sometimes. But I can tell you, in a thought process, you can be that 45-mile, and, and I can pay you a visit. If you choose not to live next door to me, and I'm sure everybody will want to do that. But, uh, you know, I mean, just, just begin to imagine. Just, just begin to imagine. The Bible says, I had not seen or ear heard. We, I don't know about you, but I've got a big imagination. And, and God has given us that imagination to develop dreams and goals and visions. And you may say, well, Pastor, what do I do with all this garbage? Imagine, you know, sometimes I'll just let my mind go the wrong way. Well, God addresses that. He gives us the ability to cast down those bad imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God. And, and he gives us the ability to bring into captivity those things that are not in line with the Word of God. Isn't that awesome? God is so good, and he wants you to be trained. He wants you to be equipped, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible wants you to know that the Spirit of God, which is invisible, the Spirit of God always raises up a standard, and can I tell you, the enemy cannot destroy you. He cannot kill you. He cannot take you out. David said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because we we serve a risen Savior today. Turn your imagination loose this morning. Maybe you've dreamed of things that have never happened in your life. Maybe you think time is running out, and, and how could I ever uh, see things happen? Why don't you just cast it all on Jesus this morning, like First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all it, it all on me because I'm going to help you. And God can put things together for those that love the Lord. He can put things together at the speed of light. That's really traveling. Follow with me in Matthew chapter 21, will you? Beginning with verse 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. There's, three, there's a message right there in that one, one verse. Jesus says to you and I, Go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
One writer said, if you have to use words, use them. But just preach. Let your action, let your deeds, let, let, let what you stand for just preach everywhere you go. Notice this. Jesus, the, uh, Jesus said to them, go into the village, office you, and immediately you'll, you'll find. Listen today. Do you know you'll find people on every street corner that has needs? How many know this? You'll find what you're looking for. If you're looking through dirt, <laughs> when you walk into our house, I always looked up instead of down for dirt. I hated cobwebs, and I still hate cobwebs. And I, you know, I, I, and I used to remind Sherry quite often in our young married days before I received the wisdom that God has given me, you notice those cobwebs up there? They shouldn't be there. While other people looked at the floor, I was always looking to see if they were, you know, if, if the cobwebs weren't hanging from the ceiling, everything else looked pretty good. God wants us to know today that he's the one that examines our life. And then he gives us the power to investigate our own life. And he wants us to see him through his eyes, not through the eyes of other people. Notice, Jesus says, go to the village, find a donkey, loose him. There are people that you know that are bound with sin this morning. Sin comes in every shape, form, and fashion, and color. And there are so many of our friends today that don't know that Jesus says, He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There's liberty. The law of liberty in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. This is exactly what the Bible says. The Bible is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our pathway. Moving on with the word of Jesus. Notice, if he had sent you into the village and said, There's going to be a colt that's going to be tied up. Loose him and bring him to me. How many would have made some excuses there? What if they... Haul me off to jail. Isn't that stealing? Uh, uh, that's not going to look too good if somebody sees us untying somebody else's colt. If Jesus said it, it's okay. He had already prepared the scene for what was about to happen. Verse 3, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey to the, and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means, uh, oh, save. And Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And the message was being preached even as he sat on a donkey. It's not the platform that we sit on today. We all take our platforms in life. Many are called to different forms and fashions of life, but it's not the platform we stand on. It's a message that we carry that counts most. And God wants you to know he wants to write on the table of your heart the goodness of God and his mercy that endures forever. He's a pattern for our life. He knew he came to Jerusalem to die. He was there to expose himself. He, he was there to face uh, uh, afflictions. He was there to be persecuted. He knew what was coming. He had even had a talk with his father in the Garden of Galilee. Gethsemane just hours before father if it be possible let this bitter cut pass from me nevertheless not my will but your will be done had Jesus had his will 
that entry to Jerusalem would never have been needed. He wouldn't have needed the donkey. He wouldn't have had to send those that were following, go untie that donkey and bring them to me. He would never, there would never have been any need of that because, but Jesus came on purpose to fulfill the promise of the Father. And we reflect each year on the price that's been paid and the joy of our salvation it was, had been paid for and the ability that God gives us every day to walk in the light as he is in the light. And we have fellowship one with the other. I enjoy walking with the Lord. I can never, th- I, I can never even stretch my, the figment of my imagination to know how horrible it would be to walk in religion. Religion would be narrower, would be narrower than this path of different color of carpet and it'd be very uncomfortable if you got out of this i mean god would get you for that but when jesus set us free there came a liberty the law of liberty you know god gave moses the ten commandments and that was the law and nobody could keep them it was so religious that not even the religious rulers that memorized the scripture the old testament by the chapter and by the book they couldn't even keep it and you know what? Because they couldn't keep it, they, even then we're trying to figure out a better way to get there other than the law. And all through the pages of the Bible, we, talk, we see religion, religion, religion. And God became so angry with mankind because he had given Moses the law of the commandments on Mount Sinai. And when he came down, he found God's people building gold, a golden calf. They couldn't even wait for Moses to come down from the mountain. Moses was even angry. You ever see the crack across the Ten Commandments? You think love put that crack there? You ever put, take, took something off the wall you didn't like and just broke it? Well, Moses saw religion failing. And God was angry also. And can I tell you, God was so angry, he repented. He said, I repent that I ever made man. I, I put him in the garden of the most uh, perfect place he could live, and he couldn't even keep my word then. But Jesus and the Father had a talk one day, and God says, I, you know, I want you to bridge heaven to earth. And the day you die on the cross and you shed your blood for mankind, it'll also release the anger that I have toward mankind, toward humanity. And Jesus was willing to do that. And can I say this today? We hear insurance companies, we hear voices across the airwaves today when bad things happen. It was just an act of God. Oh, no, it wasn't. That's a lie. You see, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And there's things that happen in the airways today that God's not responsible for. One day, he'll take authority. And when, one day, and we're getting closer to the return of Jesus than we've ever been before. All the signs are pointing that way. In the last days, there will be heartache and sorrow. Man will, man will give way to the lust of the flesh in all manners and forms and fa- fashions. We're seeing all the Bible prophecies come to pass. But today we're, we're reflecting on the reason that Jesus came to Jerusalem. And the reason we have Palm Sunday today is he was setting the stage for the death that he would die on a cross on a mount called Mount Calvary. 
Verse 10 says, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude says, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. You see, I'd like to talk to you about three things, and we're going we're gonna to make this short to, to, to the point this morning. But God has a purpose for everything. You're not here by accident. Have you ever heard parents say, well, we messed up. We had an accident just at the change of life. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't mess up. God had a plan for your life. He needed to stretch you a little further than what you've been stretched. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally and emotionally. You know, let's, you know I've thought about the other two. It's all right. But God has a purpose for everything. And it happens to us. And as a believer, I believe that what Ecclesiastes, the book in the Old Testament says, there's a purpose and a plan for everything. Everything, there's a season. Everything, there's a time. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up what's been planted. And God has planted you here on purpose for such an hour as this. Right. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Lord, why am I here? Have you ever thought about it? Maybe you've never asked yourself, maybe, have you ever thought, Lord, why am I here? You see, most people just focus on, the, on their career, to work, to home, vacation, work, home, vacation, work, home, vacation, work, home, vacation. You know, listen, there's more to life than that. The thief comes to try to box you in in life and, and tell you this is all there is. In John chapter 10, verse 10 says the thief meaning the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants you to get so focused on your vocation that you have no time to realize that Jesus is the reason for the season. He's the real reason you're here today. And he's planted you where you're at. And he's, he's surrounded you with your family and your children this morning. And he's did it because he has a purpose for you and your family. And there's a time. There's a time when we enjoy the firstborn. Fallon's here this morning. They're, they're getting ready for the first one. And it, on our list, it's uh, 12. <laughs> I've got the, got the gift of discernment. I know where to look. I can read signs. I can read lips. Had a call from a man that visited our home just a few days ago. Very devout Mennonite Christian man. We weren't home, and, uh, and he knocked on the door. My son wound up at the door and visited with him, and, and uh, then I, I called him that night just to say, I really, I really am sorry I wasn't here. I wanted to see you. I wanted to talk to you. He's the guy that uh, I, I just I love him. Uh, he wears the beard. His wife wears the black cap. They are such precious people. And in the conversation, I said, well, Howard, how many children did you and your, your wife finally have? And I believe he said they had either seven or nine. But he said, that's just the beginning, Orville. He said, we've got 42 grandchildren. And he said, they're all serving Jesus. I said, you're the wealthiest man on earth. Yeah. I tell you, I like to have friends like that. What a, well, I mean, you know, all we hear about is bad stuff, fake news. I'm telling you, this is good news. Jesus Christ is on the throne, and prayer changes things. And if you don't believe that, just look in the mirror as you pray. Lord, change my heart. Take that stony heart that you said you'd do, and give me give, and, that you said you'd take away, and give me the heart of flesh, so I can be molded and made and created the Spirit inside of me. The same Spirit the Bible says lives inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead. Have you ever thought about that? 
Have you ever thought about overcoming your feelings with the Word of God? The Bible has a word for the weak. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. Try that next time you come in and you're just exhausted. And, and I mean, you don't ask me to get out of that chair. I couldn't move one more inch. Think about saying this. I'm strong. Yeah. Orville, I'm strong. I, I'm just, I, I just, I, I, feel like, I feel like going bear hunting with a switch. The day you get an overdraft from the bank, God has a word for you. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. I'm preaching the word. Well, it doesn't bear witness. Listen, I didn't say he'd, you'd be rich financially. I'm trying to teach you, you can talk to your adversary. The enemy wants you so focused on your problems or your challenges today that you can't see there's victory in Jesus. Jesus says the thief, whether it be your financial world, whether it be your physical world, we have many that are suffering in body today, or whether it be physical, spiritual, or financial, did you know God has made provision for every step of the journey? And here's what he says in John chapter 10, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You get to the book of John, turn to chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes before to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus says, I've come for a better purpose. I've come that you can have life. And that you could have life in abundance. Listen to me. There's more than to life than making a living. Reflect upon what Jesus did. He wasn't here just to spend 30 years preparing for a three-year ministry. He was here because he knew you and I would need a friend like Jesus. We sing that song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I'm telling you, the world has not seen, neither do they know, unless they see it in you and I. They've got, they got to see Jesus. The world is full and fed up with religion because religion don't work. It turns people off. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like the love of Jesus because not only will the love of Jesus penetrate the hardest of heart, but here's what it will do for you while you're releasing love. It'll cover multitudes of our sins. How's that? How many have it one, at least one you're glad it's covered today? I have one thousand, one million. But guess what? They're covered by the blood of Jesus. Isaiah prophesied seven, between seven and 800 years before Jesus came to this earth. He said, there will become one that will be wounded for your transgressions. He will be bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace would be upon his shoulders, and with his stripes we would be healed. You ever went through a stormy night when you couldn't sleep? You ever went to the medicine cabinet and tried to drown it out with a sleeping pill? two smiles maybe that's just a time that God wants to talk to us tell us how much he loves us he knows every foul ball that I knocked he's not there to talk to me about foul balls he's not there to talk to me about my strikeouts he said I proved to you that I loved you in it while you were yet unlovable meaning a sinner I proved to you by the trip that I made to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, that I was there to take your place on the cross so you could go free. We sang that song when we traveled, my two brothers, my brother-in-law, I should have been crucified. I should have been the one that had to die for my sins. I was the one that was in debt, not Jesus. He was the only one perfect. 
And yet he left his glory of perfection, streets of gold, a father. There were no hospitals, no, no funeral homes. I mean, heaven is perfect. And Jesus, because the father's plan, said, I'll, make, I'll be the sacrificial lamb. I'll go to the world, and I'll carry the message by what I do. They can have. And Jesus says, because I live, you can live also. Point one, God has a purpose for your life. Have you asked him the past few days, Lord, am I fulfilling your purpose? Am I doing what you've called me to do? Am I treating people like you wanted me to treat them? Am I, am I exposing what I know about you to people around me? Thought number two, God has a plan for every purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, Jesus says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He's thinking about you right now. Did you know he had you on his mind when he went to the cross? You know there's a song about that? I had you on my mind when I went on the cross. That's the reason I went for you. Jesus says, I, have the, I know the thoughts I have toward you. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the journey of life. There's still hope in Jesus Christ today. He still has a future for you today. No matter what your age may be, where you've been or what you've done. And don't allow the world to put the label on you. Allow God's word to put the stamp of life on you. And Philippians 4.19 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. By the way, I, I had some looks this morning as I was talking about uh, let the poor say I'm rich. Did you know in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, did you know Romans 4.17 gives you the ability to call those things that are not as though they be? I've talked to sick people before in the 50-some years of ministry. I said, can I help you? And, and I know you're, you're suffering, you're, you're hurting, and there's an attack on your body. Can I get you to say by faith, I'm healed by the stripes in Jesus' name? And I've had this response more than one. I'd be lying if I said that, Pastor. I said, oh, no, you won't. And I can pull the Bible out, and I, I can. Before Abraham, the father of faith, ever had one child, Jesus says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Guess what? Then he got to be 100 years of age, and it hadn't happened, but it hadn't changed Abraham's confession. God said, I'll make you a father of many nations. And guess what? At the age of 100 and his wife 90, Sarah began to bring children into the world, and God fulfilled his promise. God isn't moved by our age this morning. He's moved by a purpose that he has that he's laid on our, our plate, and only you can fulfill it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's not a religion. That's an opportunity. And I'm telling you, I get excited about opportunities. This is a day of opportunity. And God wants you to realize today he's for you, not against you. Jesus said the account of anger. God's not angry at you. We have hurricanes. We have wars and strife. And again, the world says it's just an act of God. Oh, no, it's not. I know the prince of the power of the air. It's the devil. Who causes tornadoes? The devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil. Don't blame it on God. God is so full of love that he sent his only son. Let me ask you, if you only had one son and you saw how wicked this world would be, would you be clothed with enough love that God had to say, I'll give my only son. I'll let the religious people nail him to a tree so that the world can go free. God had a purpose for his son. He had a plan. And his son fulfilled that plan. My last point this morning, and then we're going to pray. 
God has a time for you and for myself to fulfill his calling in our life. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice. Did you know the Holy Spirit is standing at your door this morning wanting to talk to you and me? Did you know the Holy Spirit stands at our door every morning? Just, just, just waiting to see if you're going to recognize him. Has anybody ever knocked on your door before and you acted like there was nobody at home? Where would I ever get a thought like that? What does the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit think this morning? When he knocks on the pastor's door. Hold it, Lord, I've got to make this hospital call. I didn't make it yesterday. I'm on a kill trip. I've got to get there. Today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart. Let me ask you today, what's God saying? He's speaking. And you know what? It doesn't take an interpretation to know what God says. He put the spirit inside of us. The world calls it our conscience. The Bible calls it our spirit. And he makes contact with you every day. Whether you recognize it or honor him or not, did you know he, he sends angels ahead of you? Angels of protection to guide and direct. You ever make a decision? It was the right decision. People say, I'm your your mother. I'm telling you, you saved my life. I'm really quick to honor the Lord. I didn't save your life. Jesus did. The Father sent his Son. And the Son and the Holy Spirit did a work in all of our lives. What's he saying to us this morning? I want you to stand to your feet today. It's still five minutes till 12. And as a sound man puts on some soft music, I want you to join me today. If, you can, if your time table will not allow you uh, a time of prayer, we understand. Just slip out quietly.